1: Frost grows outside the window. First kiss under the mistletoe. Oh, 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 oh. Bells shine Magic, uh oh. oh-oh, Magic of basketball tonight, the brand new Kia Center. Uh that's the new name of the building. Take on the Heat tonight. Jimmy Butler won't play uh, for Miami. There's a the man to try to get the uh, Back on the wind side and get healthier, Wendell Carter Jr. Looks like a yes, and Markel Fultz seems like a no and may not be for a while. Let's talk a little basketball with uh, Keith Smith, uh, who we enjoy uh, chatting with, and you can find Keith on uh, Twitter or X at Smith NBA. Uh, good morning, Keith. Happy holidays. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Um, I want to start last night. Uh, great Golden State-Boston game, which I know you watched. You were tweeting about last night it was an interesting game on many levels uh 223 shots taken 108 three point uh attempts uh 37 combined made the two teams only 31 free throws that just became an outside shooting game what were your thoughts on golden State, boston last night
0: yeah i think the challenge was the warriors right now they're, they're a limited team you've got stephen Curry. You've got Clay Thompson and those two guys are not necessarily surrounded by guys that are playing the best basketball. I mean, you can even kind of include Clay in that. He's showing signs of coming out of what's been a season long shooting slump. But I think at this point they want, that's how they want the games to be played. They're not going to win uh, the kind of defensive battles like they used to win, not without Draymond Green and with some other guys, limited. So I think we're in a spot with the Celtics where early in the game, they ran, They were running, they were pushing pace, they were running off, made baskets, missed shots, turnovers, everything. And then they get kind of caught up in the fourth quarter and, hey, let's have a three-point contest. And that's just generally, that's not something you're going to win going against Steph Curry.
1: Um, the return of Ja Morant last night, 34 6 8, the game winner. Thoughts on his return? Memphis is 7 and 19. It's still somewhat early, but they are 6.5 back of that 10th uh, play in spot. So give me your thoughts on Ja back, and can the Grizzlies still make a run? Yeah, going into
0: last night, they were going to have to go 35 and 22 over their final uh, 57 games with Ja. Uh, eligible just to get to 500 that's the kind of hole they had dug themselves so they're in a spot where they're not only going to need to really kind of push and go 100 miles an hour all the way through here to win games but they're also going to have to get a little bit of help in front of them because they've got to pass the jazz that's the team right above them all right that's probably doable but then you got to get through golden state phoenix Houston, and then if you want to continue to climb, it gets even harder from there. So that's where you know they've they've put it really out in front of them. It's going to be difficult now. Could you see a world where they, you know, go that 35 and 22 or, you know, better, maybe, maybe, you know, 40 and, you know, 17 or something? Yeah. I mean, that's certainly possible. This team's been very, very good. I don't necessarily see it happening. The other weird thing is they got to start winning games at home. They have, uh, easily the weirdest home road split in the NBA. They're one and 11 at home and six and eight on the road, which is just very, uh, you know, odd to see a team with a home road split like that.
1: All right. Uh, Magic, uh, in the new Kia Center, uh, get, uh, the heat tonight Had a couple of games against the Celtics. Um, Boston goes really small in the first game, uh, missing Porzingis and Al Horford. Uh, the Celtics take two. Boston's undefeated at home this year. I don't know if you come out and go, well, that's the end of the measuring stick for, uh, the Magic. But as you look back at those two games, what, what, what jumped out to you?
0: Yeah, I think you, Saw things kind of get a little bit difficult on the Magic, especially offensively. Uh, the Celtics in the small lineup, they basically said, hey, we don't have any bigs, so we're just going to switch everything. And what we'll really kind of figure it out, you're starting to see some of the limitations of starting both Goga Basadze and Anthony Black. Uh, Derek White and Drew Holiday were the primary guys on um Black, and they just weren't covering him at all when he was above the arc. They, they basically ignored him all the way out know, to 20 feet and beyond. And then Batadze, they were actively helping off uh, regularly. And then you saw them even kind of switch things, pre-switch the matchup when they had their, their bigs back to the second game, where they had Porzingis kind of floating around and just not really even covering Batadze. So that's, that's the challenge, right? And that's part of why this team, you know, as great as they've played out of the gate, Got to get Markel Fultz back on the floor. He's just a little bit more of a dangerous offensive player than Anthony Black is. Shooting-wise, yeah, probably about the same. But Fultz's ability to put it on the floor and create something means you can't completely ignore him. And then Wendell Carter Jr. is just a more dynamic guy than Batadze. But, you know, the Magic are playing fine. They're playing well. This is a big task. Against Miami, sounds like the Heat aren't going to have Jimmy Butler, but sometimes it feels like Miami You take a couple guys away, and they somehow get even more dangerous.
1: I want to play a clip that Kyle pulled up here. He's speaking about Markel Fultz, and I get why teams do this. It, it, it's, a, it, it's a small criticism I have of the Magic about they don't, don't ever want to set timelines and injuries, but this is Jamal Mosley when asked about Markel Fultz.
0: Markel was not uh, – he went through some things, but, you know, we're going to – He's going to be probably a little bit longer in that. We won't even put a timetable on it, but you know, we're going to continue to evaluate him as he goes through a couple
1: more practice and see how he feels. Now that might mean a week or so, but man, Keith, this is this is a long time now for Marco Fultz to be out. You just wonder is something more there?
0: Yeah, that's exactly it. It's you know I, I am the last one ever to say these guys got to get back and be tougher and get on the floor and all that. I tend to go to, wow, oh, boy, what is really going on? That's what I start to worry about is, is something else happening here with, with this? Is this a worse injury? Is this something that's going to have to be managed for the rest of this season? And as I said, we see the importance he has to to this team. Now, it's been good to see. Alright, Anthony Black, maybe a little bit more ready to contribute than we thought he was. But we've got more center depth with this roster than maybe we thought we did. So those are the kind of good things that have come out of Guys being out, guys have stepped up and shown that they can be a part of a good winning team. But yeah, with Anthony, or excuse me, with Markel Fultz, I do start to wonder, you know, what is going on here? Because this felt like all right, it'll be back in a couple of weeks, and then that turned into now we've been a month or more, and it's it's starting to be all right. There's no real end in sight to this. What is going on? And and the Magic are generally a team that is. They're not overly forthcoming with injury information, but they also generally haven't put one of these teams where it's like, oh, everybody's day-to-day, and we'll kind of let you know. that They've generally done a little bit more even with this, so it does have me concerned a little bit.
1: I can't deny what the Clippers have done here, Keith. This is um, eight in a row. It's impressive. The game against Indiana, Harden goes for 18 straight. Everybody's happy now. What's going on? <laughs>
0: Yeah, Mark, me and you, we'll meet sometime in April or May and we'll we'll commiserate over believing in this team again, because that's where I'm at. I'm like, all right, I'm in. I'm in on the Clippers again. If they make, you know, maybe this is what it took to make the finals. The reality is, I think one of the big things that's happened is I think Ty Wu has kind of approached this season, especially since the James Harden trade with a, hey, this is do or die for this group. There's going to be changes and it'll probably be me if we can't figure this out. And I think what he has kind of come around to is you know I am if I hurt some feelings by not playing some guys too bad you know get over it or you don't need to be here and I think a perfect example of that is PJ Tucker this is a guy who's you know been a veteran guy has played major major on good teams and Ty Lewis basically said I think we have better options so too bad Sit on the end of the bench. I don't really care to like it. It doesn't really matter to me. I'm going to play the guys who can help us win. And on top of that, Kawhi Leonard's been there. He looks great. He looks like he's really returned to form. Dave Pardon is kind of giving them what they were missing as far as an additional playmaker. So I, I, I'm kind of all in again and ready to get hurt again by this Clippers team.
1: Um, I know we talked about OKC and... I, <laughs> How, are, are they more surprising than Minnesota's run? Both are, are, are playing well, but, you know, they're not that far removed with the punchline of just acquiring draft picks. But look, SJ is averaging almost 31 points a game. They're more than just him, the sample size is more than 10 games. So what am I supposed to do? What category am I supposed to put the Thunder in?
0: Yeah, I, I, I think it's, you know, they're for real. Now, do I think they're a title contender? No, I think they're probably, you know, a year or so away from that, but I also wouldn't rule out They've got the ability to go make a major trade if they want to. Obviously, they can come in to any team and say, Oh, you want seven, eight draft picks? Great. Here you go. Let's make it happen. And they've got matching salary. They've, they've got all sorts of ways they can, you know, better themselves the rest of the way. But I think right now, uh, Sam Presti and crew there are willing to look at it and say, Hey, we're pretty good. We have a full blown superstar in SGA. Is that good? And into your question, are they more surprising than Minnesota? I think so because I think with Minnesota, there was and they fell short of it last year for a lot of different reasons. There was an expectation of, hey, you added Rudy Gobert, you went all in, you you have a very expensive team uh, there, you better be very good. So that expectation exists, in this year they're living up. But with with, with Oklahoma City, they're kind of continuing to defy you know the expectations. And every time I think. All right, you know maybe this is starting to be where they slip back to the pack. They then uh, run off two, three more wins in a row, and they kind of reset and re-stabilize. So I, I think we just got to accept at this point that they're that good.
1: I feel bad for the Pistons. They're not even close in games, Keith.
0: Yeah, it, it's awful. I mean, it is it is absolutely terrible. And you know, not to you know completely knock their young players because they do have some uh, young players that are worth monitoring, but they don't even have like Victor Warren pajamas. At least if you're a Spurs fan, you can be like, oh, all the losing is what it is. We've got this guy. He's going to be our guy going forward. And unless you're you're know the biggest Cade Cunningham fan in the world or you really love uh Sar Thompson, I think you're in a spot where you're looking at the Pistons and you're like, what is happening here? Because you're absolutely right. It's not just losing games. They're getting drilled in some of these games, 30 and 40 points. It is, this is as bad but less intentionally, so it makes it almost worse than the 76ers were during the process years. I mean, this is, you know, one of the worst teams I can remember watching, and at least with those Sixers teams, you had the excuse of, well, this is very intentional. They're trying to do this. The the Pistons were not trying to do this. This is just what's happened.
1: It's brutal. They lost 24 games uh, in a row. If you love the NBA, this is a great schedule tonight. The Heat and Magic. The Timberwolves and Sixers on NBA TV, that's an awesome matchup. Of course, the best game's the Knicks and Nets, but uh, <laughs> Lakers-Bulls because of history. Uh, Clippers-Mavs is tonight, and then I know you'll be up late watching Celtics-Kings, which ought to be a really fun game as well. It's a great night of NBA basketball. Please follow Keith. Links to all of his great work. If you get to at NBA on X or Twitter. We're off next week. Keith, happy uh, New Year, Merry Christmas. We look forward to talking uh, again in 24. Thank you.
0: I appreciate it. Merry Christmas to you and yours as well.
1: We're back. uh, Talk a little college and pro football. Cam Miller is uh, part of the program next